Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Karishma Connect. Well, it feels like ages since I've said that. That's because there've been so many things going on and we are all set to celebrate 4 years of Karishma Connect this month. Plus, might just achieve the 100th episode. Well, I'm speaking to someone on this episode who's already manifested my 200th and that's beautiful, right? That's so heartwarming especially at a time when there are days I question myself that what am I really doing this for? He's reminded me the purpose. Now, this is somebody who is an immersive filmmaker, an extremely passionate academician, somebody who is the assistant professor at American University of Russell Kaima. But to me, he is the very kind Sabar sir, who's always been very helpful to the point that this episode is shot on Streamyard, which he trained me to understand so that I could do better on my platform. That's the wonderful thing. about teachers and mentors and i'm so grateful for each and every one of them on this episode we talk about this research that sabar sir had included karishma connect on and we talk about podcasting about the future of the industry what media and communications professionals need to know in order to drive change and impact something that he's extremely passionate about not just now but for years that i've known him every person who has studied under his umbrella of work would definitely love this episode but to everyone who hasn't here somebody who's extremely honest in his conversation and there's so much to learn from that so go check out the episode and until the next one stay tuned this is karishma and i'll be back yet again with another great story for you on karishma connect until then tada So thank you so much sir for joining me on this episode of Karishma Connect. I believe this is the one episode where somebody will be more prepared than I am <laughs> and I can't beat that because that's where I got my uh skills from and I remain ever grateful to you for that but super happy to be exploring this conversation in a different light. Thank you so much for having Karishma Connect in your research as well. And yeah, looking forward to this podcast. absolutely i'm really um, thrilled to be in this podcast and um, i'm going to be honest i'm going to be like a, it's going to be like a free willing uh, discussion yes. and uh, um, i will try to be um, as uh, i will try my best not to lecture because that's i tend to do often so anytime you feel that i'm getting into that lecture mode please stop me <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah i mean uh, i have been um, i have i have been involved in uh, live streaming since uh, covid has had started in different forms and um, i i really feel that it has opened up um, uh, so many new conversations and i think yours being one um, and i definitely uh, you know uh, wish you all the best for all the future and i think you just completed your 100 episode going to yes yeah so i mean um, i was i was worried that i will let we'll never get to meet until your 200 episode so i'm glad that i could <laughs> i could make it early because <clears throat> we have tried recording many times so i'm glad this finally happened thank you so much for having me on your show <laughs> well i'm glad somebody is manifesting that for me <laughs> because something i would have envisioned myself so that is very encouraging thank you so much uh so the first question i ask on this podcast to begin with is the journey itself because i believe anybody talks about their journey in the best way possible rather than me kind of sharing it for them tell me about your journey so far in as much of a nutshell that you can yeah i'll try to be brief and i'll try to be relevant to this whole discussion so um professionally i'm an academician i am a full time assistant professor at american university of russell khaima uh but um i also see myself as a filmmaker as a new media content creator uh as a trainer which sometimes works outside the university setup mm-hmm. so um my background is basically broadcast journalism um that's what brought me to media and communication um i was very very i, w- I would say privileged um uh, to study in one of the best institutions in india I completed my masters from Mass Communication Research Center Jamia Millia Islamia and uh, that kind of really molded me to who I am today. Um then I worked with uh I worked independently as a documentary filmmaker. Um I was one of the first few professional non-linear video editors in Delhi. Um also quite happy because I got to work in some very really, really interesting projects. Um and then I uh, joined full time 
because my mom didn't understand what's a freelancer. <laughs> I'm sure now uh, anybody who's watching and who is a freelancer would not have to explain themselves that much. <clears throat> but back in 2002, 2003, 2004, um, it was a difficult thing to explain to people uh, what is a freelancer. So I had to join a full-time job, a stable job. So I joined NDTV um, and I worked there. Um, so I have that broadcast, television, filmmaking. And then um, I kept somehow, I mean, I got into teaching. And um, because I was invited for a lecture, I applied for a job uh, around, the, around the same time and I was doing my master's. So actually I started teaching uh, and I got into academics, you know, when I was doing my master's. So that's basically how I entered I entered uh, academics. Never wanted to be there full time. Uh, but after working for uh, around three years in NDTV, I felt like um, I should try it. I, I don't know how it is going to go for me, but let me try it. And that's when uh, opportunities in Dubai opened up. I came to Dubai and uh, I've been in that whole dilemma, you know, like, should you be a full-time academician and should you be a full-time in the media industry? And that has been a constant, uh, like, you know, internal internal struggle. Yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, being, being, being in academics has its perks. Yeah. Um, you, <clears throat> you have more time. You have time to spend with your family on the weekends. Uh, if you are full-time into broadcast journalism, then you have no life. I mean, that's as true as it can be, you know. I mean, um, all the festivities, all the occasions where you should be home, you will not be home. You know, yeah. so, um, so, so that's been a struggle for me. And I kept, I, I stayed in that struggle for a few years because I had not committed myself for higher education. I have not, I had not started my PhD. So I started PhD very late. I should have done it around. I was like easily 10 years late for sure, but that. better late than never. So I did my PhD and that's when I went, once you do your PhD and you go through the whole process, you know, uh, then you really understand you know, what being in academics is all about you know and i think that's a big learning uh, i feel that 2013 was an important year for me when i i got myself registered as a phd student mm -hmm. i had an excellent guide uh, and excellent institutions institution uh, to bank on I was, I was i did my phd from manipal india from mm -hmm. mic uh, uh, so now school of communication excellent culture excellent place mm -hmm. loved going there every summer uh, at least two, at least for the next five years, I was spending two months in, in yeah. Manipal. Yeah. And it's very funny because I would I would always go there during Indian Independence Day, August yeah. 15th. Yeah. So once I finished my PhD and I got my PhD, I mean, they would call me and ask me like, we didn't see you in this year's Independence Day, where were you? <laughs> so, uh, so this whole connection with Manipal is very strong. I, I did my PhD from there. I'm really, I really had a great experience. And uh, then I started to wanted to move out uh, from the Indian curriculum. I wanted to ex explore other curriculum as well. So I gave my time to Manipal, Dubai. Um, and then I got this opportunity to move from Manipal and join American University of Russell Khema. So I've been here for the last three years. Great experience. Uh, met some wonderful people. Uh, got into some wonderful research. And that journey is on. So that's in a nutshell. So there's a lot of things I left out, of course. I mean, some of the interesting bit when I was working with NDTV and, and I was making films. But I still, I still continue making films. I still work with lots of agencies in Dubai. And uh, my last project was an 18-episode uh, TV, TV series for Dubai TV and Samad Dubai. Um, and that was an amazing experience. So it's not that like, you know, I am in, I'm in academics. I don't have to know what's happening in the media industry anymore. That is one of the biggest questions that you know, I keep asking myself that, am I teaching my students outdated information, outdated technology? Mm. And that keeps me moving. That, that is the one thing which I would never stop doing, which is to continue to learn something new. Yeah. And that brings me to, the, to, your, to your opening, which is like, you know, we are today, uh, we have so many tools at our disposal and we are able to do this today. I mean, you know, you and me um, having a yeah. conversation and sharing our insights together. Thanks to the new technology, thanks to the streaming technology, which has got so much better, you know. So Absolutely. I hope I didn't take too long. No, not at all. And it's uh, this one is going to be a very freewheeling one. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be holding very few filters, you know, and um, I will be, I'll be talking about uh, in with a lot more honesty. <laughs> Brings me to my next question, sir. Just what you mentioned briefly. Yeah. You spoke about having practical experience on ground in the beginning 
yeah. and then entering the field of academics. How important is it, according to you, to actually get on ground and have that experience, whether you end up entering academics or you rise up the rank and get into this isolated position in a corporate? How do you? How important do you think it is to invest and be out there and gain that practical experience in your early years? Very good question. And um, I hope I don't offend people who, because I know a lot of very, very good professors who uh, might not have enough experience on ground. Um, I have known people who, after doing the graduation and master's, they went straight to PhD and they stayed in the academic field. They did not really venture out and spend a few years on the ground. Um, so this is no way I'm trying to dish them or what whatever they have achieved. But I feel, having said that, um, if you are teaching a program where you are preparing students to go out, I think it's very essential that you should also have that experience. Now, mind you, even though I might say that, oh, you know, you have to be on the ground. And, but, you know, by the time you start teaching full time and you coming into a position like associate professor, you are not on the ground. You don't remember what happened on the ground. Yeah. You know, you're out of the scene easily exactly. by 10 years. Yeah. So the expectation is also should be should be practical, should be like, you know, you should have real expectations. Yeah. I honestly cannot tell a student what is out there today in the field. I can't. Even if I'm claiming, even if I study a lot or meet a lot of people, it's never like that. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you have ever been in, on a film set, okay, and you were on a film set 10 years back and you are on a film set today, it is a big difference. Yeah. Okay. So that no one should ever claim. You know, I mean, I, I, I have, I still make corporate films. I still make documentary films. I try to use the latest technology, but still I'm not, and I'm not really connected to the industry. Like, you know, when you work into industry, that's what you do on a daily basis. You yeah. go out, you shoot. I can never have that insight. I can never claim to have that insight. So, but having said that, having said that, it's really important for, to prepare the students, knowing how the industry is moving knowing how the industry functions and preparing them with those soft skills. And that is something which a professor who have been on the field and who have who is connected with the industry, either meeting regularly with industry professionals or bringing them to the university, sharing their insight with the students, that is the only way. And I don't think there's any other way of explaining it. You know, I mean, without offending anybody, if you have not been a reporter, if you have not been a broadcast journalist, if you have not done events, if you have not done, if you've not been a working working agency or been affiliated to an agency and you have not seen how agency works, I, I don't think you are fit for uh, teaching that particular course. You yeah. might get some knowledge by reading books, meeting people, but it will it will never be the same. Also, just because you were there does not make you a good teacher. Also, yeah. you know, there are a lot of people I know who have great insights but they are not able to translate that into, into small chunks of information that the students can actually learn from. Like yeah. they have so much, but they cannot share uh, or do not have the understanding to share it the way they should in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. You know, I have people, I know people who claim to have been in industry for more than 20 years and they're, they're just getting into teaching now, but I can tell them for sure, it will take them another five to six years to really understand how academics works and how it should work. You know, there's a certain standards. If you work in different uh, settings, be British or American or Indian, there are different settings. There are different uh, there are different setups that you have to follow. Uh, how how you are making assessment, you know, um, how you are organizing your lectures. You know, I have I have known people who have said, I know everything. Yeah. I can go and teach. Yeah. You know, uh, I have so much of work experience in the field. It is like you know, that claim is completely. Com com completely baseless until unless you know how academics works. And it took me many years. It took me many years to understand how to organize a lecture. And there was a time when we were told that you don't have to plan for your lecture. If you know the subject, you can teach. That's not yeah. true. That's not true. I'm sure when you went to Singapore and you came out from our, from Manipal, Dubai, I'm sure you must have seen or or or, or have uh, experienced faculty who are way more organized, who yeah. who who tell you the learning outcomes in the beginning and tell you learning outcomes at each lecture. You know, yes. now yeah. we have a lot of regulations and accreditations. Every university is going through it, and they have really put those measures in place. But when I started, no, mm. there was nothing. It was bad. 
and I can tell you that I feel I feel really bad that you know I have spent those years. I don't yeah. know how much impact I had with the students, but definitely I was not prepared to teach, and nobody prepared me to teach. Mm. But now I think you have lots of resources, lots of uh, training that goes through be before you become a full-time academician, and that's really important to, to mention. But when do you know it's the right time to take that decision? Like, what are, is there something that you is, is there something that you kind of realized led you? into understanding that okay i can become a full-time academician and beyond my other job yeah i mean i mean it, you have to you have to try it once i would i always suggest people become adjunct and understand how a university functions okay. that will give you enough uh, understanding if you're fit for it or not i mean at the end of the day you have to enjoy what you're doing right i mean uh, if you still have your heart in full time uh, as a media professional please please do so you know and if you want to dedicate some time in, in in training other people in in sharing the, what we have learned in the industry uh, but just not not sharing as a narrative you know <laughs> most professors i'm sure you will understand would just come and tell you a story right exactly yeah that's not that's not the way you can come and tell a story for one class i mean what what how are students going to learn from your story are you going to tell a story every class that's not that's not that's not how it works right so I mean, as if you're an adjunct faculty, you should come in, you should understand how you have to frame your lesson plan, uh, how you have to really like the, preparing the lesson plan is something which uh, they have to spend a lot of time. Everybody should spend a lot of time. Mm -hmm. How you're going to get the assessments, how your assessments really measure up with the learning outcomes, you know, uh, what, how, how, how much to be the weightage of your assessment. There's a whole lot of, uh, you know, training required by faculty on just framing the right assessment, yeah. you know. So all that you will learn if you're an adjunct faculty. Hopefully, if you are in a good institution, then they will give you all the material. You'll learn how to do this. If you like that whole administrative process, mm. it's just not teaching, right? There's a lot of, a lot of administrative job that you have to do. Okay. If you enjoy that and you can do that full time, mm. well, then the academics is a place for you. Yeah. Uh, but if you can't. If you can't, and you want to still be connected and still, you know, you can still continue to be an adjunct faculty. So for me, um, I, I realized that I can do this. I can do this better. And I need to continue learning uh, how to teach better, how to prepare better assessment, how to change my uh, uh, pedagogy to really match how the learning outcome should be. And that is a continuous learning process. I mean, I'm, I cannot claim that I have aced it now and I don't have to like, you know, uh, really follow the literature or the discussions around pedagogy you know of course not i mean we have faculty development uh, program every at the end of every term there's always something new to learn mm. uh, back in manipal also it used to regularly happen yeah. here at iraq also it happens regularly in every term and it's always a nice learning experience i mean learning new something new every at the end of every term and you and i kind of try to change my uh, teaching uh, methodology. I try to incorporate changes to my lesson plan, and that I that's I think is the key if you want to stick to a full time or you want to stick to adjunct faculty. Mm -hmm. And then tell me about the research, the research that has something in common for both of us. But moving majorly to tell me about what has been discussed. The process. Wow, that research. Research has a lot of process. I mean, you know, like um, that research has been going forever. And uh, it that happened some, somehow in the, the COVID came in the middle to middle of it. You know, yeah. I met some people before COVID, and uh, I was very lucky to actually go to their studios and interview them. So let, let me let me just uh, you know rewind back. Mm. I wanted to do a research on podcasting, mm. and by the time I was driving a lot. Uh, you mm. know, from um, and during the drive, drive time, I realized I need to have better content. And for for a while, I was doing TED Talk. I was only listening to TED Talks. Yeah. Uh, then I moved to podcast, and yeah. uh, I think once I moved to podcast, I realized, wow, this is a, a area which looks like it's going to explode for yeah. sure. Yeah. And this was around uh, 2018, 17 mm. at, at that time. And I, then I then I didn't stop, you know. Then I started exploring podcast, and then I was curious uh, what's uh, local because I was not listening to local podcasting from UAE, mm -hmm. and that's when I explored, and that's when I found some shows, and they were like so good, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I need to know more about them, mm -hmm. and that's that's my journey. That's like just wanting to know how uh, how many local uh, UAE based podcasts are there, and what are they talking about, and 
uh, are they all expats are they all uh, you know like a mixed bag you have emiratis and you have expats together what is the focus of the podcast so i found uh, the dukan show uh, mm. i found uh, cunning cultures which was highly inspirational i found i found uh, the hamburger generation uh, and and obviously then i then i met uh, uh, chirag desai and with amaya media and then you know they came up with a report so there are few reports which came out amaya amaya media came up with a report on podcasting yeah. there was another report by marketeers which i don't think it's very accurate but still they tried um so those reports really show you a landscape of ue and mm-hmm. the entire region mm-hmm. and then you realize that wow this is exploding and this is definitely going to make a lot of uh, you know uh influence on how people consume and what kind of audio to consume and we're going to switch to podcast yeah so that's when i started so i framed my research question i i had an idea to explore mm-hmm. i contacted each of the podcasters they were very happy to meet i went to the studios to met uh, to meet them mm-hmm. it was a great learning experience mm. and i really understood uh, how much of how much of hard work they put in and how much of like what is going to happen to the ua podcasting because of those players uh, because mm. of those podcasts who are who actually have more than 50 podcasts to bank on you know i really feel that you should start talking about podcast and you should start uh, you know really uh, you can only make in, you can only make an influence if you prevent the pot fade a pot fade is that you produce 10 or 15 podcasts and you die out and you don't produce anymore yeah. yeah. and that happens very often out of i don't have the exact number but out of every podcast that is that is today more than half of them are going to die yeah. okay they are not going to be there after 10 15 episodes yeah it requires a lot of motivation and depends what you want from that particular you know yeah. effort um so that's when my that's when i met all this amazing ama- amazing podcasters got really inspired by them and i kept exploring and then covid happened and then you know um covid was not particularly great for podcast i'll be honest i mean that yes. the data is clear um uh, so people gravitated towards live streaming you know and that's what happened uh, everybody was everybody was online all the time during covid and i think that kind of really uh, had a influence on the way podcast were put but after covid uh, and then we had people again being mobile mm-hmm. uh, people on the roads people figuring out what's the best content to hear um, i think podcast again came back in into uh, into playing a big role in the ecosystem here so i couldn't remember so it's a long research it took me more than 2 years because i kind of stopped during covid and i didn't want to like do it finally it got the journey for completing a paper and journey until the paper is published is very painful and very long yeah. and you need to have a lot of patience if you do not know how to okay. game it it's it's a, i i know i mean i realize it it's 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 you have to game it you have to game this whole process and um, it's uh, i'm not really happy to say that but people find ways to get things uh, published as soon as possible and they kind of game the entire you know it's like you know you have to game the algorithm to really get viral right on or, or to stay viral or whatever same goes for research it's no different you have to know how to game it you know how to how you can get more citations and um, so it took me a while to publish but i went through that process and uh, finally i think even it's a, it was an emotional process i feel having been through it for what like just with one paper so far but it's a very emotional process because you go through so many ups and downs of course also depends on the type of content you're dealing with if you're dealing with a degree like a literature one you're only dealing with like a set, specific set of books and an author so you're kind yeah. of stuck on to that and it takes so much out of you and like you said that motivation is very important to find this yeah i mean if you want to publish papers for example you know moving away from podcast but if you want to publish papers for example um you you really have to you really need to have a thick skin because um you will get rejected more often than get get accepted um and and i think uh, every every uh, discipline is different um if you are from biotechnology or science and you're doing scientific study it's a different kind of a struggle if you are doing a research on social sciences it's a very different and you mentioned you be right english a very different very different journey so i cannot say something which which kind of uh, you know kind of connects all the different discipline together but the one thing is for sure it is it requires a lot of uh, perseverance and if you really want to do well you have to really know how to game it and uh, um, by now i think i kind of know it's i find it, i find it distasteful 
um, when your end goal is just to get more citations and just get more papers papers published on Q1, I think that's not why you should do research. I think that should not be the motivation factor. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. it really I really feel feel very angry at times uh, when that becomes that becomes the only motivating factor for academicians. Uh, because you know the entire growth depends on that. They cannot become an associate professor if they don't have a certain number of publications under the belt. They cannot go for become a professor. So the entire system is rigged, you know, to in such a manner that now we have so many fraudulent practices in this area. That's, pre that's precisely because of that, you know, that the entire motivation for faculty to do research and get published is to get promotion, is to get um, uh, some incentive that the university provides. If you publish on a Q1 or a Q2, you have certain incentives. That should not be the motivation. The motivation should be that you want to contribute to this area that you love. Yeah. And you want to find answers. You want to help the industry. You know, you want to you want to change and understand people's perception. I mean, we, at least I, I'm very, I am very lucky. I'm very happy because I work in a field which really makes, uh, you know, a lot, which, which really runs the world. I mean, mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, vaccine are important. You'll die if you don't get the right vaccine. Uh, but worst things can happen if you are getting wrong information and you're misinformed, right? Yeah. Science communication. You know, it's it's not about just scientists making vaccine. It's like, how do you able to convince people that this vaccine is good, good for you? And that's all to do with communication. And if somebody is motivated to understand that and publish papers and in return get some citations, good. That's great for them. But that should be the motivating factor. Yeah. Right. Not... Oh, you know what? This area has get can get me more citations, or I can wing this this way, and I'm going to do my next few research on this. I'm going to replicate the same findings in four research papers and get all citations in all that. That's that's a lot of BS. You know yeah. that you should not be doing that. And I think that's what really angers me to a certain extent. Like, what is the motivation for doing research? What? Mm -hmm. And I think most academicians will will say, uh, I want to get promotion. I want to get incentive. And uh, why? That's, that's that's really sad. That's really sad. I feel. I think that's also something common to other fields. I think it kind of ties back to other industries as well, wherein the motivation yeah. often ends up becoming all of this rather than the fact that yeah, you are slave to the algorithm. I mean, you know, yeah. like everything. I mean, <laughs> the market forces decides today what you should talk about. Maybe you should not talk about that. Maybe this is not the right time. But you'll talk about that because what that's what the algorithm is telling you to do. So you become slave to the algorithm. You just do things which you think will get you more likes, more share, more subscribers. And that's not that's not why you you join. If you have joined this to do that, I mean, fine, good for you. You know, um, become an in, in, become an influencer. I mean, influence people uh, if that's your thing. Uh, but but I think I mean you know um, every content creator I mean you should do something meaningful and help people you know yeah. uh, if you feel that uh, the liberal media is doing it doing a lot of disservice to you please talk about all the conservative values that we should go back to mm -hmm. and talk about it in an effective manner where you get a good audience and they listen to you and you can interact with them if you're on the other side and you feel that uh, you know we have to move on. Um, and we need to talk about some values that we need to put behind us. Do do that, you know. But if you are, all you're doing is you're being slave to the algorithm, and then you are just, you know, that's that's not something that I, I would want people to be motivated from. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Do you think that is what needs to change, whether it is the research landscape, academics, podcasting? Do you think yeah, that? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. I was talking to one of my friends. Uh, I will not name him, but he told me this <clears throat> with a lot of evidence. And mm. you should also, also try and check it. Mm. Check your Instagram and your TikTok reel, uh, mm. reel and TikTok. You'll find a lot of short videos uh, uh, today mm. where you will see somebody talking to somebody like a podcast recording. They will have a mic like this or they will have a mic which is on a table. Mm. And you're making some really viral you know, comment. Something outrageous, something just factually is wrong, and something which is complete crap. But they're just being very serious and straight face, and yet, and you try to look for that podcast, you'll not find that podcast. These are people in Dubai who are actually just having a setup which looks like a podcast, 
recording themselves saying incendiary things or things that people get excited about or disagree about and that's what is getting them viral they're actually not doing a podcast and this is one of my friend who told me that he got lots of inquiries to record people like that just imagine so what does it require so i mean just think about it. these are people who are realizing the potential of podcast yeah. they want to make the recording look like a podcast they're saying things which know they know that they, the algorithm will pick up and they're just riding that particular wave to get more likes subscribers yeah i mean just imagine how much time and effort do you take to record a podcast how much time and effort do you take to edit a podcast how much time and effort if you're doing a narrative podcast my god it will take you months before you release an episode yeah. right so so much of hard work and integrity and you know as a journalist you would know you know yeah. goes into filing a story and here and here you are people in dubai just trying to wing it and yeah. try to make it look like a podcast i mean how how dishonest can you be yeah you know and 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 what are you really doing to this whole medium what what is the contribution to the podcast medium exactly you know that's that's what really infuriates me i mean i watch it and i know like oh my god <laughs> where is this podcast? i think it also puts you down if you are like it's, I, i can i can say it explicitly that i think uh, even if i personally have kept going till say whatever the 100th episode but if it, you kind of I, there are moments where you feel is this is this is all of this because then you see one of these short videos come up and hit like yeah i don't know numerous amount of likes and comments and all yeah. of that and then you have like a handful of people who are genuinely listening but but that's also yeah. become the reality i think today because that's the first question anybody asks even if you yeah i to take things how many followers have you got how what is the download like yeah. you know um so again this this goes back to the very first question why are you doing this yeah right if you if you're doing this just to get followers wow man do it whatever it takes you know whatever it takes and i'm sure you'll do whatever it takes to go viral one day you will uh, you will not shy away from uh, spreading lies because you know lies will get you more share uh, i mean this is my advice to every content creator you want to become famous talk in the most hateful way you can about anything yeah. spread lies yeah you know and nothing goes better than lies i mean you see it in every industry food and uh, nutrition yeah. so i've 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 just become a, a father again uh, it's been one year and i can tell you like you know the kind of uh, videos i always keep i keep checking about my when I mean, we keep talking about i mean what she's checking on her instagram and so many people giving advice how to raise a child so yes. many people giving advice how to grow fit look at the look at the credentials so many people talking about nutrition uh, so vitamins protein what you should consume look at the credentials are they qualified no but they will say it they will say stop eating this food now yeah. right are you eating almonds you're going to die right that's how it starts and yeah. that's what draws your attention are you doing this to your child you know and that really grabs your attention and that's what it's an attention it is an attention attention economy yeah. right so i keep telling my wife like, like don't follow these people yeah <laughs> like do you even, like what kind of what kind of research are, are are they citing do you do do they even know how to look at citations do they even know how to read a research paper how much time it took us to yeah. read the research paper and yeah. and go to findings and figure out what the finding just says yeah. you know yeah. 90% of them is crap what people are posting and yeah. claiming to be experts and that's what getting them followers so i mean so so it, it, coming back to the whole point if you want to do that and i'm telling you this is a i'm giving you the recipe it works better lies works better you know so yeah. if you want to get famous drop all the pretense start lying and i think spread lies and spread fear and spread uh, hatred i think that's will that will get you where you are where you where you want to be more followers yeah 
but i think you end up needing something more than that to keep going i think yeah, i mean yeah. you know you have still have people who are really working hard and and you know really yeah. um when i say working hard i mean like research yeah uh, have some sense of responsibility before you start talking in front of the camera you know I, and i think i i really i i really feel like you know i mean if they do well in terms of uh you know as far as the algorithm is concerned i am genuinely happy for that i feel generally happy this was person who should be should have a bigger audience you know yeah. and uh, and and also i also feel that i mean you know in terms of you as a content creator in particular you know you have uh, you have been actually able to really go across the board and touch upon various facets of of one per one one one's life you know be it you're talking to entrepreneurs you know you're mm-hmm. talking to content creators you're talking to small business big business big agency you know so uh, you are uh, you are really going out and bringing those voices which we don't get to hear or we don't understand yeah. even if it makes a difference to 10 individual very true because it's so niche it is so niche that uh, it only appeals to maybe 10 people now but yeah. it is going to be there it yeah. is going to be there on the internet for people to find it yeah. and that's exactly how i i feel i feel very indebted honestly and i'm trying to search for a topic and i see somebody has put a lot of effort and that research is out there that video is video video is out there you know it, it's it's i just feel gratitude for yeah. somebody to time yeah. and and i think i don't i don't know like in in hindi vision aapko basically bahut sari dua milegi and that's fine for me if you know if if i can change someone's perspective yeah and i get like less than 100 views i'm i'm fine I'm, i i don't need more you know right. so uh, but at the same time at the same time i also feel that um you have to do few things to uh, and you have to put an extra effort to to make it count you know and yeah. um, because the motivation should also be there that I, this is important i'm talking but i want to reach out to the maximum people i can you know so i'm not saying to be slave to the algorithm but you have to still uh, you have to still change your tactic and mm-hmm. change the format or um change the way you kind of upload the video and are you creating a promo are you creating some short videos which goes to youtube shorts i think those are very effective i think youtube is fairly doing a much better job although mm-hmm. they still cannot uh, differentiate between hitred and uh, and and real news um um i mean it's it's a work in progress but if if you compare with all the platforms i think uh, youtube is far more honest snapchat is very much honest uh Uh, the most dishonest is definitely instagram uh, and uh, and tiktok i put them together uh, i think they are the most dishonest platforms uh, they don't talk about the algorithm they don't know they don't tell you how they're doing it they don't give you any uh, understanding of, of of why certain things are uh, uh, you know out there and why certain things are not out there they don't care about uh, how much people how bad it is for people to spend so much time scrolling mm-hmm. um, and you know, so many research has come out so many reports have come out and they don't care they just want people to get glued and uh, uh and that's the end goal you know they want you to keep looking at your screen and keep scrolling yeah and that's bad that's bad for everybody you know um you're not spending quality time with your family you're not you are distracted and i think uh, you know um everybody is basically riding the same bandwagon uh, so uh but i i think as a content creator going back to the most important point you know you have to find your right motivation still try your level best to reach out to the maximum people do what you can uh maybe you can be in multiple platforms and you can draw everybody to youtube for example you know so um and you can be on podcast that's what you are i mean you have your uh your show on podcast you have your show on youtube uh, you you are in all the different platforms and that's the right thing to do you know um and i think that's something that every content creator should think about is how do i put in the same effort but get the best results yeah explore and diversify as well yeah i think yeah, i yeah, agree yeah. I'm going to come to the technical side of what you just mentioned. Tell me some tools that you think can help content creators, podcasters, anybody looking to create something make the most out of that journey. Yeah, I mean if you are uh if you are a podcaster then I think um or if you are uh, if you if you tend to also plan to go live and I think this platform is the best. It is uh, StreamYard. I've not been paid to to say this. i've tried other platforms i think this is very quick easy you can work from your browser you don't have to install an application that means that means makes a big difference 
if you are a podcaster and uh, you are like really starting out and you need a lot of help um, in terms of uh, your audio might not be great, um, you might take, need help in editing, then I think Descript is a very good option. Uh, Descript and uh, these are all the features that it has. Um, one really amazing thing that I love, uh, which now other platforms are also adopting, is mm -hmm. editing the video or your audio based on a script. And I always used to think like, this is so ingenious. This is such a genius way of editing. Yeah. Because you write a script and you can edit your recording yeah. based on the way you edit your script. That's I amazing. Think, you can yeah. add videos on your script. It will get, get added. It has got so many different tools here, as you can see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as a platform which has, uh, which for newcomers, mm -hmm. this has got everything, as you can see, everything that you want. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I think you should definitely explore Descript if you are a content creator. Um, the second tool, uh, so StreamYard, I mentioned, Descript, I mentioned. There are some tools which, uh, you know, if you are uh, struggling with your audio and you want to fix your audio, for example, uh, you can go to you can go to Adobe as well. Adobe has a, has a tool which very recently they had launched and made it available. Uh, this is the tool. It is called Adobe Podcast. It's a it is in the beta version, oh, and you okay. can definitely upload. Uh, I have a I have a, um, a pro account with Adobe, so I'm getting a premium premium access. Mm -hmm. But uh, this really helps in terms of cleaning up your audio because I think uh, what most podcasters podcasters don't realize is. Uh, the audio is very important. You know, you yeah. have to have audio too. Um, that's the that is that is one goal that you should have. If nothing mm. else, I want the audio to be of good quality. Um, mm. So you can definitely go for that. So these are a few tools I use. There are other tools also. Um, some of them are free. Uh, some of them are paid. Uh, but I think you can definitely try those tools to really start. And um, I have helped incubate some uh, uh, podcasters here, uh, either in terms of giving them information about the uh, about the entire um, uh, entire medium, uh, how to go, how to launch your podcast, uh, what kind of basic settings you need, um, um, and uh, most people, you know, it's it's sad, but this is the truth. If you want to have a podcast, you need to also have video recording capabilities today. Yeah, uh, one of the best. Generation as Sennheiser. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, YouTube just launched podcasts, so you can imagine how important it is. It's sad. The very beauty of this medium was that you don't get to see the person behind you. Okay. Only when you close your eyes and you listen, you can visualize. And yeah. that's the medium's greatest strength. Yeah. Unfortunately, thanks to social media, it is no longer that the case. You have to appear good. You need to have a good lighting. You need to have a good setup uh, so that people get to see you while you talk. And uh, imagine people like Hard Folk, which is you know one of the most important podcasts when it comes to technology. They launched their channel uh, on YouTube. You know, so it's nice to see them. You know, it's always. But I feel like when you when you can visualize and your visualization is better, and you know, you, it really. It really becomes a very rich medium. You know, the podcast is very intimate. You're listening to a person, and that person is talking to you on your ears. Mm. And uh, you know, that's what worked for lots of uh, crime and detective podcast. You know, yeah. yeah, they could do things. They don't have to worry about video. You know, um, so and it also it's also good for somebody who is new, who is starting out, can only handle audio at this point. It's too much to ask for somebody who wants to start a podcast today. Like, hey, get your video gear also. Where is going to get the money from, right? So uh, that's a big letdown, I would say. It's not. I would. I won't say it's a good thing that's happening to podcasts. I, th I don't think it's a good thing. Um, also, <laughs> I want to go back to this whole point. Podcast is an audio medium. How much people are investing to make it audio rich? Yeah. You know, um, that's a that's an important question. I mean, how much are you contributing to this whole medium to make it better, bringing rich and and you know interesting way of telling a story? You know, you have narrative uh, podcast, you have interview-based podcast. So uh, and led like, lots of other genres in the middle. You know, so I, I feel if the medium is not benefiting from it, I feel then it's a waste. You know, yeah. so more people coming to podcast uh, that's good uh, for the medium. But it leads to less innovation. It leads to less uh, experimentation. 
and that's what really saddens me as a uh, as a media professor as a as somebody who have seen how uh, from radio we have come to podcast and how it is really uh, an amazing thing to happen like there's no question about it but i just feel that video just puts a lot of pressure on people and they kind of um, mostly fail mostly fail in that whole process it's not easy to integrate video with podcast and it takes money yeah takes, i feel it takes a lot both the platforms are very different when you do an audio podcast <coughs> sorry when you do an audio podcast you're not restrained by uh, what i have noticed on karishma connect is that uh, with with video the length tends to get shorter that's what i have realized over time whereas mm-hmm. with audio you could have an appetite for something longer I mean, and you know, you can listen to a podcast over many days. You know, I exactly. have had a, you know, I I don't mind. I mean, I hear a podcast and I have something to do. I stop it, or I am, you know, doing some mundane job, yeah. cleaning dishes, and I'm listening. I, I often do that. I, I mean, when I'm doing some mundane job, that's the first thing I do. I switch on a podcast. Yeah. Because you know that part of your brain is engaged, and you're getting to learn something new. while you're doing like a mundane job and that's beauty of the medium you know that's a beauty exactly you know? and that is that is being that is being taken away by by the by that's, social media yeah, absolutely i mean imagine it's the whole pressure of yeah. you know, getting this set ready for for myself you know exactly what i was going to say yeah i would not care if it's a, if it's a podcast i feel like talking i want to record something i just you know just get out of a blanket open your microphone and start recording you know you do your research and suddenly you have this spark and you want to talk about it you record your podcast yeah. now you're like oh i get the lighting right and i you know and again me being myself i'm i'm really like i i mean i have a green screen as well you know and i can do the green screen but it's going to take me a lot more 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 time in post so yeah. it's it's just an added stress and tension for a podcast and it just takes you and obviously where you're going to take this attention away from from the content from how you're going to record yeah. you know so so that suffers at at the end, end of the day so it just feels sad i feel yeah. it's ironic that we are having this conversation at a time when i've been considering all these factors in yeah, the law i mean you imagine we could have done this recording so so many um, months back if it was only audio for example exactly you know so so that is that is something which i feel is uh, a limitation but you have to live with that reality Yeah. You know, so if you're a podcaster, this is the reality. I mean, you have to like you have to face reality. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Might as well like sail through it, you know. Exactly. So uh, and see what the next thing brings, next change brings. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you this question. AI has helped in the space of say podcasting. Yeah. But tell me something. How has it affected research or the writing side of research? Yeah. So first of all, I think the the, the the academicians can feel as threatened as they can be. That's not going to change anything. What was the first reaction when ChatGPT came? Ban it. Yeah. Shun it. Schools yeah. did it. All the universities did it. They got infuriated the whole idea that oh my god, you know, people are going to start cheating, you know, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, everybody, kind of hated it, mm-hmm. but everybody started using it. You know, yeah. it's funny. like you know that this is this thing is good yeah but you still have all the negative feelings basically around it and that's exactly yeah. what happened yeah. think about it calculator was banned in universities during exam now it's used now it's used yeah now it's inevitable right so when calculator came all the mathematical teachers were like what is this the our kids are going to get more dumber they're not going to do calculation it's inevitable it's inevitable okay you have to integrate and learn how to integrate chatgpt in your curriculum there are few universities thankfully in the ue i have seen i've seen from day one i have checked which universities are um taking it and adopting it and integrating it again i'm i'm not making a value judgment some universities have the budget okay some universities yeah. don't have the budget yeah. some somebody like ue university has uh, you know there's no end to how much money they can spend um so i have seen them doing pretty good job abu dhabi university did a good job um uh, there are very few universities i can name who have actually from the day one not looked at chat gpt as an enemy okay yeah. of course teachers their concern are legit 
I'm not saying they should not be worried. But you have to put things in place. Mm. Right? You have to put things in place. You have to adapt to it. Mm. I feel that the students should be made aware how much can they use and what they can use it for. Yeah. Right. Okay? That has to be very clear. In your lesson plan, in your class, get it very, make it very clear. Please use ChatGPT. No problem. Mm. Okay? Use it. But use it to do this and teach them how to how, how, how to use it. Mm. Okay. At the same time, teach them this is not the way to use it. Mm. Right. So, I mean, look at ChatGPT, the kind of innovation that they have come up with in the last few months. I mean, mm. that's, it is of staggering dimension of yeah. what they have done. Yeah. yeah. You can share my screen. This is my ChatGPT. Okay. Yeah. And you can see that these are all the new apps that they have. Uh, you know, these are all the custom versions of ChatGPT. I use uh, uh, Consensus a lot. Okay, I think it opened a new window, so I have to stop sharing. I have to again start sh share this Consensus. So Consensus I use um, for looking into a research topic mm. and figuring out where should I begin. Mm. Okay, mm. so I ask questions mm. to Consensus. I am doing a research on this. What is the right way to go about it? Can you tell me some accurate citations where I can look and I can download the paper? Yeah. Then you have the data analyst uh, option, you know, which is really, really amazing. You know, like the, the you know, the data analyst option in ChatGPT is crazy. <clears throat> in my last two research, I have used data analysis to clean my data. Ask questions to the to 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 the data analysis of ChatGPT and got the right answers. Wow. Um, uh, I'm still exploring the way to create graphs uh, using that data analysis. It it does by the way it does produce your charts and graphs as well, mm -hmm. high quality. You can use them in your research. But you know all that I'm doing here, I have to mention that in the paper as well. I cannot lie on yeah. my. A methodology that for data analysis, besides taking help of a statistician, I also took help of ChatGPT, and there's nothing wrong with it. It actually gave me very accurate, and I could do things in much, much less time. I mean, I, it was definitely very fast for me, very mm -hmm. fast for me. Mm -hmm. You have a PDF, and you want to know what's in the PDF, upload it. Ask ChatGPT what's in the PDF. Ask specific questions; it'll give you the right answer. You know, so. AI is here to stay. Better get like a pro. And by the way, like ChatGPT is not giving you pro accounts anymore because they have like overshot the capacity, right? So now you cannot become a pro if even if, if you oh, want to. You're late exactly. party. I'm sorry. Yeah. You have to either go to Bard. Bard is still getting there. By only January they will have the version out. Maybe this month end they will have the version out which matches ChatGPT four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Bard is only looking like the one competitor which can give a good run for money to ChatGPT. There's no other better player, in my opinion. So um, people from marketing, people from the industry, people from filmmakers, academicians, students, you have to use ChatGPT. You have to learn how to use ChatGPT. And, uh, uh, you know, like uh, you should make it very clear how, what are the rules, what are the rules of the game? Just like you make it very clear for plagiarism, mm. right? Make it very clear for ChatGPT. You know, you you have tools today that really scans all your submissions and tells you how much is AI generated. No big yeah. deal. If you yeah. if you if you are an academician and you use a plagiarism checker, use AI checker AI checker also. Yeah. If your assignment is such that people should not use ChatGPT at all, tell them. If I check yeah. it, if it gives me more than thirty percent F, mm -hmm. right? So make it very clear. If your assignment is such where your assessment is such where you are open to using ChatGPT. You are open for students to explore and find answers, okay, and cite from there, right? Make it uh, uh, 50%. No problem. 50% should be your original idea. 50% you can draw from ChatGPT, your conversation with ChatGPT. My point is make it clear. Don't shun it. Don't run away from it. You're doing a disservice to the students if you are not allowing them to use Again, discipline to discipline, things can be different, right? Yes. Yeah. But uh, English, for example, you know, can't have chat. You can't use ChatGPT yeah. ever. Yeah. You know, you you can use ChatGPT to give you feedback. You write something, upload, and ask ChatGPT what are the things, what can, where have I gone wrong, blah blah blah. That could be one way of using ChatGPT for English writing, but no other ways. You have to write. 
you yeah. have to write you have to write yourself yeah. uh, you know that tangibility should not replace if that if that happens then it's bad for you then 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 we are you know there's so many examples today like you know news organizations are getting fired yeah. or uh, something somebody like sports illustrated imagine yeah. you know they had an article which was completely generated by chatgpt and it was so bad it was so bad yeah. and yeah. it was so bad for people yeah. to find out you know yeah. so news organizations are getting the rap for it for using chatgpt they should not you know yeah. um so again it is different from discipline to discipline uh, but my uh, response to academicians and schools and universities banning chatgpt you're not doing any good by banning it completely for sure and then tell me my last question to you is in this evolving scheme of things that you're faced by you, you have ai you have don't you think the entire relationship between a student and a teacher or an academician and their students is kind of evolved at a rate that now almost redefines that relationship do you do you see that relationship being faced by a redefinition and how that kind of functions are you almost like a mentor to your students today as opposed to being a teacher or a lecturer yeah yeah has that it's 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 a very important question for uh, again it you have to go through that personal journey to really um have an understanding and insight i i constantly compare uh, my my uh, professors with myself you know um and 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 the level of interaction that you could have with your professors um and and obviously again discipline to discipline you know i can only talk about mass communication and i do not have any experience of you know uh, science or you know any other discipline for example but i personally feel that uh, the kind of uh, mentorship that you can provide to your students um again in a very generic way can really change somebody's life you know? um and I, I, I and again there's a very big uh, you know big question as to how much you should get involved you know yeah. in the professional journey of your student as a faculty uh, but i think if the student wants and seeks your guidance and feels that you can really make a lot of difference i think you should definitely try to do that you know um i am connected with my students even after they have graduated uh, you bring a great example and there's so many other students that i'm still connected uh some students still call me if they want to change a job and i and seek my advice and i'm usually very honest i don't uh, sugarcoat anything if it, if if they are in a job which i don't think they should be i tell them i tell them very openly um so my first policy is being being honest so i am i want i want to be very honest with my students um brutally honest uh, in 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 most cases um and and that that kinds of tells them that okay if i ask him he will tell me what exactly it is Yes. or should i continue or should i not continue you know um so that's my that's how we i operate um so i do have a personal connection but at the same time it is more of a of a mentorship that i seek with my students uh, to build over time if over time i feel that okay you know wants to be on their own i will not bother mm. um at the same time i also feel that as a media professional you should build a, a network So I have a Manipal Dubai network very active still very active I'm still connected with all the professors I love them I start I keep talking to them even they have retired they have left the job or whatever but I also am very much building a community at my present university building a strong alumni network that's very important because I feel that leads to a lot of opportunity that opens up for the fresh graduates mm-hmm. um, and it, it's it's very strong you go to an organization today in UAE and you have five people from AUS and you know there's a connection right yeah so that is un- undeniable you know yeah. i am from mcrc and i go to a social gathering i go to a film launch i go to any kind of place where i can possibly find people from mcrc it's a very special bond yeah right very true so, so that is very important like you know you have to build that network and i try to build that network i mean i try to build that in social media on whatsapp wherever i can find i try to connect people like hey you should know this person she graduated yeah. is back you should talk to her I mean, it depends if the student wants to take it or not I mean, it depends yeah. but i do inform the other student like this person will call he's just getting into the career can you help and give him the right advice 
that's something which i love to do and i will continue doing that whichever universities i move from here or you know or, or outside ue but that is something which i always continue to do and i'll continue doing that is to build a network to build a kind of support system for new for new freshers i think that's very important yeah. and that makes me grateful to have had this conversation with you because Thank i you believe so first of all it's very difficult to even end the podcast here because i feel like i can ask many more questions to you from what we just discussed but as you said we remain uh, adaptive to the modern day listening format honestly like it, it was a very nice conversation and i like talking to you because i wanted to be as honest as possible um and uh, i i feel that you're uh, you should definitely get to your 200 episode and i wish you all the best and you would um and and while doing that you'll change a lot of people's life as as you are doing it so all the best for the next 100 episodes thank you thank you so much <laughs> means a lot thank you Thank you.